Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Dime Dropper for another 2021-22 post-game recap. First in a little while. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, leave a review if you would like, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. I've started to post a little bit more on TikTok, so... You know, if you have an account, check me out. Try my best. I'm not as savvy with that app, so I'm trying. Uh, I'll give you a follow back if I know you, of course. And if you enjoy my content, just you want to support, I appreciate you. Um, but I probably won't follow you back. No, uh, no offense. But obviously, Instagram as well. Anyways, check out my last vlog, by the way, before I get started. My two latest videos. One was part three, Mellow Era Knicks. The, the climax of it, in my opinion, 2010 to 13 seasons. Great, the most clips I've used of any of any episode of those thus far. We have one more part coming up, but go check that out. Uh, it's the most viewed one I think of the three parts. And then my latest vlog is getting playoff numbers, playoff level numbers, almost at a thousand in less than twenty four hours that I posted it. Clippers and Jazz, Paul George's return. If you wanted to see what that was like, another twenty five point comeback against the trash. It was amazing. So my favorite vlog of the season, and for the first time ever. And I want to just take this moment to thank Clipper Nation if I don't get a chance to do it yet. Uh, do, do it before the season ends properly on a live. I'm so thankful. You know, as a kid, I got eight game passes to go sit in section 301 with my back at the highest row of 301. Dead. So if everybody that doesn't know Staples Center sections, that's dead center. But the 300 section, the, the you know, top deck or upper bowl and back against the wall, the highest seat. And I used to sit there eight games a season in 07 and 08, a lot of games in 06 with my family, my sister, my parents. And, you know, to be going to some of these games now for free, you know, I didn't think I was going to go to that many games this season because when we had Lob City, I made a, a rule. I'm not going to go to regular season games because it's kind of a waste of money. Every single game against a bad team was like 30, 40 if I wanted to sit lower bowl. Which, to other fans, that sounds like a steal, but I don't know. I was just being a cheapskate, and I was like, I'm just going to wait till the playoffs and go to all those games. But I started to realize, like, with our attendance was so be bad in the beginning of the season, I was like, I'm going to go. Like, if I'm not there supporting at a time like this when we have a good team and we're not selling out, who is? So I made an effort to try to go to every single game against a mediocre opponent that was under $30 for me to sit in the lower bowl. I got some incredible deals, $15, $20 all season long. And then the amount of free tickets I've gotten from from subscribers, from followers on Twitter, from friends that I've made over the course of the season um, to be hit up on, on game day and have people looking to give me a ticket. It's like, for a kid that was sitting in 301, it's the dream come true. It's it's a it's I can't even I can't even put it into words. So for the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for such an incredible season. I don't want to sound like I'm ending it because I still have one vlog left on Sunday. I'm gonna to go to the Pelicans game. But I am going back to visit my guys back in Massachusetts. Um 
before the playoffs start. I didn't want to go during the playoffs, so I made sure I went before, which means I'm going to miss the last three home games of the Clippers regular season, which means I'm probably not going to be able to be here on the last day of the regular season. But I will make some... Trust me, guys, when I say that the play-in content that I'm going to have play-in and play-off is going to be unlike we've ever had at Dime Dropper. So I'm really excited to bring that to you guys. But tonight, let's get into the main business and that's the Clippers and the and Milwaukee. I almost said Milwaukee Bucks. The Clippers and the Chicago Bulls going at it at the United Center. The first time we saw the Bulls this season, I was at the game. There's a vlog on the channel. It was a tough one. Lonzo Ball played in that game. Alex Caruso played in that game. They were fully healthy. I don't know if Vucevic played for my memory. I think he may have. But they had Lonzo and he made a big difference and they beat us. Tonight, they would also beat us. But man, oh man, this was maybe the most painful loss of the season because, of course, Paul George is back and kicking. And he started out even better than last game because it took him a little bit to get going last game. But he played well. He was able to get in the pick and roll in the first quarter and, you know, get to the basket or get, you know, into 10 feet away from the basket or on the drive and and score. And Marcus Morris Sr., I thought, started the game really well for us. Mid-range area, you know, made a nice pass to the corner to an open Nico Batum for a corner three. Just hitting his shots. Hitting his shots. And we came out with good defensive intensity, too. I thought Ivica Zubas did a really good job protecting the rim, going up vertically without fouling. And Paul George, he's really been active defensively, especially on the ball. How good, how sharp he's been has really impressed me on the ball since he's come back these, these two games. He's gotten multiple steals. He's constantly getting deflections. Nico Batum's constantly getting deflections. And, you know, the size that we're going to have when Kawhi and Rocco... And Nico and Paul are all playing together in one lineup is going to be ridiculous. The switch everything kind of Warriors-like death lineup. You know, the old Warriors with Iggy, KD, Clay, and Draymond. Oof. And then Norman Powell would be our Steph Curry. And I'd consider Norman Powell a better defender than Steph. So, man, oh, man. Um, we, just may not, we don't necessarily have the Draymond in terms of the interior defense. You know, with that switch everything lineup. But the, when you switch everything, your defense, your interior defense is protecting the ball from getting in the paint. Get, staying in front of your man. And we're going to have a pretty solid, pretty damn solid uh, lineup there when those guys come back. But tonight, we still started out well on defense. I thought there are certain guys on the Bulls that you're just going to live with them shooting. One of those being Alex Caruso. One of four from deep. Another one, Ayo Desumu. O of three from deep. You know, he's, he shows, I like Ayo's game. He's a good slasher, cutter. He plays defense. He plays hard. But his three ball is still t- needs some work. And I was very comfortable with those shots. Now, another thing that I've started to see develop over the course of the season for the Bulls. So I said they were going to be one of my dime dropper teams this year, but that really hasn't panned out because there's been a lot of injuries. And, you know, I just haven't really been watching as much hoop outside of the Clippers and Lakers. I needed a little bit of a step back from the modern NBA because, you know, I'm, I'm guys, I'm not a huge fan of the style and so much load management, so many little injuries, COVID in the beginning of the year, so many guys missing games constantly. I just, the regular season product to me is terrible. So I'm just watching my teams, you know, my team and then the Lakers, which I grew up watching. And it was, it's been fun watching the Lakers this season, total circus, but the bulls, I've watched them a good amount, but not as much as I would have liked. And one thing I've noticed with them is as the season has progressed, DeMar DeRozan has played so well, so much better than everybody expected. But I thought this was going to be Zach Levine's team. And I gave DeMar 
I'm sorry, I gave Zach so much props at in the beginning of the season for kind of letting DeMar eat, letting him kind of take over this team, basically. But I think it's going to, it may, I know they won tonight and it sounds ridiculous, but I don't know. I don't like that route because Zach Levine seems like he's becoming more of a number two kind of mentality when he's playing. You know, five of 17 tonight, one of six from three. He still had 21 points because he got to the line 13 times. But it very much feels like DeRozan is that number one. And I know he's warranted that with his performance this season. But to me, it should definitely be more 1A, 1B. Zach Levine is a better three-level scorer. He's more athletic. And we saw him last season against our Clippers. Like, just go crazy. No screens, pick and roll, anything making ridiculous shots. And I saw him do it at the beginning of the season in various games this season, but I just don't like, like, DeRozan's almost taking 10 more shots than him. Like, I don't, and I get it, they won tonight, and DeRozan had 50, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm hating because DeMar is, I love DeMar, you know, he's one of my favorite college players of all time. He's one of our own, went to Compton High. You know, I love DeMar, USC. But I just think that Zach Levine needs to be the guy going forward because I just don't think this Bulls team is going to win a series. And I think that Lonzo, I don't know what's going on with him, if he's going to come back or not. But if they don't have Lonzo, they're definitely not winning a first-round series, in my opinion, unless they get matched up with, with the Cavs somehow. But they're not beating the Celtics. They're not beating the Sixers. Uh, that would be an interesting series. I think they have a chance, but I don't think they're beating the Sixers. I think Embiid will be way too much for them to handle. And then they're definitely not beating Milwaukee, and they're not beating the Heat. I think they'd have a good series against the Heat, but they're not beating them. And I don't know. I just don't like the way that Zach's starting to defer a lot. But regardless, Clippers up 10 after 1. Really solid all the way around on both ends of the floor. I thought in the second quarter we traded baskets with the Bulls. You know, we went into the halftime with a 9-point lead. But I thought a guy that came in and gave us a nice lift was Robert Covington. You know, knocking down his open threes, doing what he does on defense, just being a presence. And, you know, Nico Batum, Ivica Zubats, Hartenstein, their defense, you know, tonight may have not been their best night defensively, but in that first half, you saw why we are who we are. You know, the way we communicated, the way Zoo and Hartenstein played drop coverage, doing a great job of showing and, you know, being in between ball handler and the roller. And just great energy overall in the first half by us. You know, led 59-50 at the half. Levine and DeRozan, we were up by actually 16 points, but Levine and DeRozan made some tough shots to end the quarter. DeRozan in the mid-range, Levine with like a fall away and cut it down to nine and a half. But the second half, third quarter is when I really thought we were going to take it home because Reggie Jackson came out firing in the third quarter. He had like six points in the first in less than three minutes to start the quarter. He had six points and he did it every way you wanted, every way you wanted floater, you know, step back on Io DeSumo, snatch back, a three, go into the basket. And, you know, the Clips were cruising. Clips were cruising, but the Bulls, again, they just would not quit. You know, Caruso's effort on defense was really good. Pat, it was good to see Patrick Williams back. You know, he missed a lot of time this season. Overall, the Bulls stayed with it. But, and one thing that was working really well for the Clippers, and it's just so nice, by the way, to have Paul George back. The amount of shots, open shots that he created tonight was just... And that's one thing, you know, the results for us don't really matter. It's like Clipper Nation, I know this was a tough loss, and I'll get to, like, the, the crux of why we lost with the fouls at the end and everything. But I don't think there's anything to panic over because we are pretty much locked into this eighth spot. With the Lakers' loss tonight to the Utah Trash, we have clinched the play-in spot, which is fantastic given everything that we have gone through this season to be where, we are, be where we're at 
despite Paul George being out for more than half the season, despite us getting Norman Powell and him missing time, despite Nico Batum and Marcus Morris Sr. not having played like five games in a row together for the first 20 to 30 games of the year, despite not having our best player for one game. You know, you got to give a shout out to everybody. But back to this game. The Bulls stayed in it. Oh, no, my bad. I was saying Paul George, just the process is what's important because we're locked into this eighth spot. The Lakers are and the teams below us are probably not going to catch us. Probably, not for sure. But we're not catching the Wolves at seven. So we're likely going to finish eighth. So I wouldn't trip too hard on the loss. But the process, we saw some good things. Paul George, the amount of open shots he's creating for us and just having a star back in the lineup is just unbelievable because obviously he has his own ability where he can score on basically anyone if you just go single coverage on him. But, you know, they're throwing straight double teams, blitzing him on screens. And you know Isaiah and Zoo have gotten so much more comfortable with those short roll reads. And Isaiah was finding guys for open threes. You know, it took Kennard a while to get his first shot, but then he, st- he made two threes and he went two of five. One of them was in overtime, but... You know, he had 11 points. And then Terrence Mann had two buckets off those short roll, you know, cuts. Uh, I don't remember if both of them were on those cuts, but I'm pretty sure he scored on one of them. And it just, we were getting good shots because of those Isaiah short roll and uh, Zubat's the same. The Bulls, however, would not give up. And DeMar DeRozan totally killed us in the fourth quarter. He was getting in the mid-range area and cooking. Uh, I thought a couple of times we went drop coverage a little too much instead of just getting the ball out of his hands. But again, modern spacing, it's tough. It's basically like a four-on-three drill. And when they get open layups, that really pisses me off. Like the backdoor cutters, you know, Caruso, Patrick Williams, Dasumu. They put the guy in the, you know, in the dunker spot and they cut to that. They cut. And it just feels like there's so much space to cover. And it, it, that goes back to also, you know, when you watch older basketball, you watch college basketball. And my, my good friend Asher, we've had on the podcast many times, uh, pointed this out to me. And when in college and in old basketball, the typical defense to pick and roll, why it wasn't as effective besides the spacing, was a hard hedge where the big man comes up and really stunts at the ball handler and gives him the worry that he may actually lose the ball. But now they call fouls when the big man makes contact with the ball handler coming off that. Whereas in college and in the old school NBA, he comes up and those guys are like just like get away, you know, dribbling the ball so they can get, they can get the big man to recover and get away from them. Because when you see typically coming off, see a seven-footer, and he's pressing you, uh, you know, really getting into your airspace, that's, it's not as, it's not just, oh, pass it over the top like today, where it's just like they're basically just, they coming at you just to take away your drive, but they're not making contact with you, they're not, they're not putting pressure on the ball, so you can just toss it over the top, it's just easy reads, and it's tough. It's tough when that pass is made the easiest pass over the top that breaks the whole defense, basically. That's a four-on-three situation. you got to pick your poison. And obviously, what you'd rather have is not the open layup, not the lob. You take away that, and you give them the open threes. But it's still an open shot. And at one time in overtime, we, we gave them the baseline, and that was tough. And that came from DeRozan being double-teamed because he was getting so hot. And a lot of times, we also missed, gave them the Reggie Jackson on DeRozan switch a little too much. Every time, and shout-out to DeRozan, every single time he got him on that switch, post-up, mid-post, turn and shot right over him. Turnarounds over either shoulder, skilled. You know, again, I'm going to say it many times. I don't think DeRozan's flaws in the playoffs are because he doesn't shoot threes. I think it's you know, mental, a lot of things, you know, when he's talking about, you know, LeBron, I'm in, you know, 
You know, the, the praise he gives them, like, no, that sounds like you're intimidated. You know what I'm saying? And we've seen it with DeRozan. He's gone cold. You know, defense gets more physical, less spacing, and he, and he doesn't make those same shots. And, you know, he falls into those tough shots. He doesn't hit him anymore. But this year, we've had a lot of talk about him. Let's see how he does in the playoffs. Because tonight, he played better than Paul George at the end. You know, obviously, he should, being that Paul George has been out. But he, he was the best player on the court tonight. There was no doubt about that. He was getting in his mid-range, taking advantage of mismatches. You know, getting downhill, getting to the line, he was doing it all. Creating good shots for the team. You know, 15 free throw attempts. 14 of 15 from the line. He knocked him down. The only miss came at the very end. And guys, I thought we had this game in the bag. That's what really hurts. I really thought that we had this game in the bag. But we just didn't. However, the refs assisted the Bulls a little bit. You know, they cut it down close. But we made our free throws, man. We really made our free throws to end the game. But then we made some unnecessary fouls. And I just want to say, just to get give you a reference point, we were up 110 to 103 with 242 left. You know, Vucevic, actually 112-104 with 226 left. Because Paul George was going at Nikola Vucevic in the pick and roll. And that's one of the weaknesses we've talked about uh, all season for the Bulls is Nikola Vucevic doesn't really deter guys at the rim. You know, it, he doesn't block shots very much, at least not when I watch him. It seems like guys can go into his chest and get whatever he wants. He's slow-footed, doesn't really get off the ground, whatever. But Paul George, you know, was doing that. However, you know, Vucevic made a three. DeRose, PG missed a couple shots down the stretch, too. He looked a little fatigued. You know, for stretches. Right before he came out in this fourth quarter rotation, he looked fatigued. I said it to my friend. I was like, yeah, he's tired. Because he ran three straight pick and rolls in a row. And Caruso was getting into him, making contact with him. And he came back and he just looked a little bit, you know, I can't remember, ran out of gas or just missed a couple shots at the end, however you want to call it. He missed two shots. And we still, though, had the three-point lead, one-point lead, because, you know, they'd score, they'd foul, they played the foul game. But this is where it all went wrong. 118, 115, seven seconds to go. Robert Covington has just made two free throws to put us up three. Terrence Mann fouled DeRozan before the ball was inbounded, which is an automatic free throw and the ball. And I thought it was pretty soft. I've seen a lot more contact than that at the end of a game, and it been and it, and it, and it has gone uncalled. But they chose to call it. They make the free throw. DeRozan makes the free throw. And then Paul George, I haven't seen the replay again, but PG had an unnecessary foul where he closed DeRozan's airspace from three. Mind you, this is not the mid-range area. This is from three. You should not be closing out that hard on him. If he makes a game-winning three, you shake his hand and walk away. And we foul him, and luckily he still misses one of the free throws, but the problem is he tied the game, and we are being very strict with Paul George's minutes and had a strict minutes restriction and did not play him in overtime. And you knew with the momentum that had shifted to Chicago, we were in trouble. And the first two minutes, there were no baskets, and then finally, you know, we doubled, the, we trapped the rows on the pick and roll, threw it over the top, as I said, with that, you know, Reed situation where the Reed is just too easy now, the bigs can't come out and hard hedge and make contact, threw it over the top, and, you know, we had a guy, it was too far of a rotation for two two people guarding three, essentially. You know, one in the left corner, one on the right wing, one in the dunker. Like, you know, Zoo's just like, ah, what am I supposed to do? And I think it was Caruso that scored. And then 
the very next play, DeRozan threw one down on Nico Batum, and I have to say, he got the better of Nico Batum, who's a great defender, but he got the better of him in overtime, dunked on him. There was one time off the ball where, you know, Nico was a step behind, DeRozan turned the corner, Zoo came to help, he made the the perfect read, kicked it out to uh, Patrick Williams. It was Patrick Williams that had the dunk, I'm sorry. He gave it to Caruso in the high post, Caruso gave it to Patrick Williams. Um, I would have honestly let Caruso shoot that foul line jumper, because he's not a great shooter. But Pat Williams made the corner three to answer back a Luke Kennard three to put them up 129 to 125 off a beautiful DeRozan kickout. And, you know, Reggie still cut the deficit in half, 129-127. But we fouled DeMar DeRozan. It was just Nico Batum was struggling. DeRozan was doing his thing. Made both free throws, and we lost the game 135 to 130. The Clippers dropped 37-40. and This was definitely one of the toughest losses of the season. Those fouls were just unnecessary by Terrence and Paul. Bulls with... Move on to 45 and 32. Nico, it's tough to have a bad, you know, to have a really solid game like that. Spoiled. He had 17 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, and zero turnovers. He was plus three, five and nine from the field, and four for eight from three, and three of three from the line. So, what an efficient night for Nico. Disappointed that we can get the job done. Senior, another great night for him. Uh, we usually, usually, when Senior and Reggie play like this, we do not lose but it's just tough one of the few games that they've played well and we've lost marcus morris senior 20 points four rebounds four assists on 7 of 12 shooting um and then reggie 34 points he really took over that third quarter 12 of 23 from the field six of nine from deep and honestly we maybe should have gone to him a little more down the stretch instead of paul but i get it you know we want to get paul ready for these situations because in the playoffs he's going to see them if we make it there and in the play and we may see it 404 from the line for reg Paul, 22 points, four rebounds, five assists, three steals. He did have five turnovers, though. It was not as good of a night as the other night, but it's going to take some time. I don't think he had a bad game by any stretch. Seven of 20 from the field, two of nine from three, though. His three ball wasn't falling, but it's okay. You know, we're going to give him some more games to, to get that right. For the Bulls, DeRozan, 50 points, unbelievable game. It just I'm just disappointed he should have never gotten 50 because it never should have gone to overtime, but... Five rebounds, six assists, 17 of 26 from the field, two of two from three, and 14 of 15 from the line. Vucevic also had a good game, USC product. 22 points, 14 rebounds, nine of 19 from the field, and 60%, three of five from three. And then Caruso, it won't show in the stats as we know so well from our Laker recaps last season. 7.7 assists, three rebounds, plus 15, three of eight from the field. And then Zach Levine, 21 points on 5 of 17, 10 of 13 from the from the line, 1 of 6 from 3. So Zach needs to play better, you know, and it's just a matter of this is where DeRozan needs to try to sacrifice and make sure Zach is playing his best basketball before the playoffs because DeRozan's hooping. He's been hooping all season. He's tapered off a little bit, but he's, he's been hooping. Patrick Williams, really good contribution today. 10 points, 12 rebounds. Two blocks and a steal, zero turnovers on four of four shooting. And Kobe White also plus 17 off the bench, 11 points, five of 12 shooting. So tough loss for us. The Lakers, I don't want to talk about them really at all because they didn't have LeBron. And that's a concern, guys. LeBron tweaked his ankle the other night, and now it's really looking tough. But the news is that Anthony Davis is going to come back tomorrow against the Pels. So that's huge, absolutely huge. That I mean, if the Lakers have a healthy LeBron, Russ, and AD in the play-in, you don't want to see them. Regardless of how badly they're playing, regardless of how the season they've had, that star power, 
Those are future Hall of Famers. LeBron, one of the 10 greatest players of all time. You know, one of the 10 greatest players in the league right now, I'd say, averaging 30 at 37. In one game, he can lock in on the defensive end, and so can AD, and it can get scary. Um, obviously, I don't want him to make the playoffs. LeBron, will he come back? You know, he does need to play a couple more games to try to get that scoring title, and I know that's on his mind. No matter how much he wants to act like it's not, I know it is because you can see it in his actions. You know, taking free throws on technicals when he has better free throw shooters on the floor. You know, staying in when they're getting blown out to score a couple more points. Staying in when they're blowing someone out to get a couple more points. You know, fouling the Raptors even when the game's out of sight to score more points. Um, you know, not trying very hard on defense so he can carry the load on offense, which, you know, I think that they have a lot of more solid offensive players than people think. But it is what it is, right? We'll see what happens. It's going to be tough. Uh, another loss to the Lakers tonight against the Utah Trash, though, on the road. They actually stayed in it for a little bit. But 109-122. The good news, Russell Westbrook, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and only 3 turnovers, 9 of 18 shooting from the field. So 50%. Only thing you'd like him to shoot better than 60% from the line, 6 to 10. The, the game, though, that was really the uh, the occasion tonight, and shout-out to Fabian because he was at the game tonight, 120 to 119. I'm sad I didn't watch it. The Milwaukee Bucks over the Nets, the rematch of what I consider the best series of the 2021 playoffs, and Giannis, 44 points. 14 rebounds and 6 assists on 14 of 21 shooting and 15 of 19 from the line. Kevin Durant had 26, 7, and 11 assists. That's pretty good. But And then Kyrie, 25. But Giannis got them both. And this is where it comes down to. If Giannis makes it out the East, man. If he loses to the Suns, maybe he loses to the Suns. But if he makes it out the East, he's the best player in the NBA to me. He's playing... At such a high level on both ends of the floor. And not only did he hit a step back three to tie the game and send it to overtime. I'm not saying that's been consistent this year. But what has been consistent this year for the first time in his career from outside of three feet and inside the arc. So three to ten feet, ten to sixteen feet, and sixteen feet to the three, right inside the three. If you look on basketball reference, he's shooting 40% or higher from all those areas. And that he has never done that in a regular season. And that tells you the progression that Giannis has made. What did I say, everybody? If you go back to my finals recaps, he was inconsistent with it, but he did get hot towards the end, so his field goal percentage averaged out with his turnaround mid-ranges. And you know, they're more like 10-footers, you know, little turnarounds over the right shoulder from 10 feet and an occasional little jump hook over the left shoulder. Um, and, you know, his mid-range looked pretty decent, but it wasn't consistent over the whole course of the playoffs to me. But this season is the first season where it really looks like, to me, it's been consistent over the whole course of the season. And if he really has shown that he can improve that post-game skill, if he can take that into the playoffs and show it to me, because I haven't watched every, I haven't watched many Bucks games this season. Because I saw him in a turnaround over the left shoulder for the first time the other day in a highlight against the Sixers, and I was like, okay, if he starts hitting, if he starts hitting turnarounds over the both shoulders with his aggression, with his defense, with his charging Giannis Antetokounmpo a Euro step charge into you, knock you over Kumpo, and a little jump hook action and a mid-range, we're talking all-time, all-time status. We're talking could break into the LeBron, Steph Curry. Uh, actually, no, I already think he's going to get into that Steph Curry Durant, but I'm talking like LeBron, you know, Akeem. Shaq territory. Uh, Kobe. Oof, maybe not LeBron Kobe. Maybe not LeBron. I'm sorry. I maybe went a little too fast there. But I, I'm talking to Keem Shaq territory. I'm, I'm serious. 
But you never know. Maybe. Check me in the comments if you think that maybe he can catch those guys. Maybe he can. He's so determined. He's so hungry. He's such a good athlete. And with the technology and the medical advances and the load management era that we're in, he could play 20 years. So who knows? But anyway, what an incredible performance. If Giannis gets it out of the East, man, he's the best friend in the NBA to me. Um, if he wins the championship, no doubt. Uh, consensus. This is, I mean, what he's doing, the amount of easy baskets he generates, that's what I was telling you guys. If you go back to my recap when they played the Lakers, why I think Giannis really could be the best now is because he generates the most easy baskets. You know, he's so aggressive. He'll take it. If you switch him, he's such a threat as the roller in the pick and roll. That's what he figured out last year instead of being the ball hander like he was in the bubble in, in 2019. He's the roller. You need to have somebody rolling to him, you know, because he's such, he's a cannonball. And that will create open threes if you do rotate from the corners. And if you switch, he's actually the best in the league to me at getting low post position where he doesn't even have to use turnaround skill or all that. He does the work before you get the ball like the greats do. You know what I'm saying? But there are going to be guys big enough sometimes. They're less exist in this era. But there will be some guys that you can't just that when they switch everything, you can't just bully like that. You're going to have to use a little bit of skill. And that's where that turnaround, the work he's put in, is going to come in handy. And that's what's going to make him, to me, better than a Kevin Garnett. For Like, I'll say it with confidence. You know, better than Dirk. If he can get that skill portion, because the thing is, a lot of these deficiencies can get masked in this era because of the spacing, because of the because of this dilemma that you are in in pick and rolls. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, the rotations could be a little bit easier because you're not covering as much ground. Um Except, you know, in certain sets that the Utah Jazz used to exploit illegal defense rules. Certain sets like that. But I got to watch the tape. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. We're going to go to the live subscribers. Wait, no so patiently in the chat. Due to the fact that I'm going to be going out of town. I can tell you right now if I'm going to be, it's my last recap. Let me, let me check for you. Okay. Tomorrow's Friday, so it's unlikely that I go out. But AD's coming back. It's it's tough, guys. It's tough. We'll see how I'm feeling. If I'm doing something on a Friday night. I've been doing more things on Friday nights lately, so that's a good thing. Um, but maybe. Here, let's check what's going on Saturday afternoon. Oh, I already have plans. God damn it. No games on Saturday. Oh, because the freaking. It's, it's NCAA. Definitely going to have some Final Four talk. Okay. How about this, guys? Lakers, oh, Clippers are playing. Okay. How about this? I can go live on Sunday afternoon around, how about this? I'll go I'll go live Sunday after the Lakers-Nuggets game. That's what I'll do. I'll go live Sunday after the Lakers-Nuggets game. That'll be my last live of the season. Actually, hold up. Monday's the national championship game. I'll go live for the national, I'll go live for the national championship game. And then Tuesday, Lakers and Suns. You know what? We'll leave it. I, 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 it won't be my last live. I could, I could have a live on Tuesday. That could be my last. That'll, that'll probably be my last live of the season, Tuesday, April 5th. Um, I feel like I'm doing something that day, but I don't think I am. So we'll do that. Lakers, Suns, likely target last live of the season. And then we wait for the plan. The season ends on Friday, April 8th. So, yeah. We'll take it from there. Peace out, everybody. We'll go to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat.